I'm just curious. Have you listened to a lot of Shaleen Show episodes? Have you listened to maybe over 200 episodes? I mean, I think we're approaching 700. If you have, there's a really good chance that we're becoming best friends. So I bought you a best friend necklace. I'll wear one half. You wear the other half. Listen, we've been talking a lot about friendships. And to wrap up this series, I brought on an expert who I promised you last week I was going to track her down and I was going to bring her to you. And I'm telling you, she does not disappoint. Today's guest is Danielle Bayard Jackson. She is a certified friendship coach. She's a national speaker and she really knows her stuff. Like you guys are going to love her podcast. She's a former high school teacher. She is the founder of betterfemalefriendship.com. You definitely want to check that out. She hosts her own show about female friendships, and she's been featured on NBC News. Her expertise is specifically in the area of female friendships. And today, she answers the number one question I received last week, which was, how do I make friends? I'm an adult woman. How do I make new friends? We talk about that and so much more today on The Shaleen Show. Danielle, thank you so much for being on The Shaleen Show. We've been talking about you all week long, or I should say last week, doing our series on friendship. I found you, then I consumed tons of your podcasts. I know that any Shaleen Show listener will be really well served listening to your podcast. I know their taste and they're going to love you. And I've consumed like so many of your episodes. You've got great advice. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, the Friend Forward podcast kind of started as like a a fun little side gig. And women have, have found a lot of good nuggets that have helped them in their friendships. So that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's just really great. And I just love the kind of you start with that self-awareness piece. And I think that's so important. It really is because I tell you what, sometimes women come to me and it's all about their friends and their issues. And how do I tell her she needs to stop this and do that? And while that's true, is it possible that we're all walking around here pointing the finger at other people without some requirement of, oh, wait a second, maybe that's on me. Maybe I'm in a season of being too direct or speaking too harshly, or I'm jealous right now. And it's hard for me to be happy for my friends. And I got to work on that, you know? And so if we're all willing to do the work personally, I think our friendships will be better for it. The one piece I don't know, and I'm just curious, how did you end up a certified friendship coach? Like, why was this an interest for you? Yeah. You know, it's funny as I always say, this was definitely something that was not on my vision board when I was like 10. Okay. No <laughs> one was talking about becoming a friendship coach. Right? I actually stumbled into it. I was a high school English teacher for six years. So I was teaching juniors and seniors and between classes after school, they'd come to me and they're like, Miss Byard, I'm having this issue with my friend. And it was almost like a big sisterly thing. So I'd walk them through it. Now, I made the mistake when I left education of dismissing it as teenage girl problems, because mm -hmm. when I got into public relations, and now I'm talking to high-powered women who are like vice presidents of all these startups and things, as I'm talking to them one-on-one, -on -one, I'm realizing they don't have friends at all. And they'll confide in me, yeah, I, I actually don't have any girlfriends because I'm so career-driven. And that's when a light bulb almost went off of like, wait a second, at every stage of womanhood, we're trying to navigate friendships, creating mm -hmm. them, managing conflict. And so I went home that night after a conversation with the client and I went on Amazon and I was Googling books for friends. And you know what I found? I found a lot of books for kids, 
with a juvenile cover of friendship bracelets. And I thought, is that what we think when we think friendship is something that kids need help with? And why is it that we have so many resources to help us in business, which is important, and our romantic relationships and our familial relationships and mom life, but there's nothing to support us when we're trying to manage a friendship with another woman. There's nothing. And that's when I kind of spiraled and went down the rabbit hole. And for the past two years, I've been, you know, serving as a certified friendship coach to help you with anything you need regarding your platonic friendships. Do you do this one-on-one, like your coaching sessions? I do. That's awesome. I love this. Oh, this is such a cool thing. Like, how great is the world that we live in that if no matter what it is, there's someone who can help you with it, number one. And number two, you can make a living doing this thing that helps other people. Like, it's such a cool thing. It is. It's a blessing. And it's really nice that women are trusting me with something very personal and tender to them. You know, it's very vulnerable Mm -hmm. to say, I'm really lonely or I don't have friends or I'm scared to make friends or, hey, I have friends and people see my Instagram account with all these, you know, hashtag squad goal pictures. But I feel like we have no depth. Like I want Mm. more from my friends, but how do I bring that up? So it's been really interesting to listen to women's heart troubles with regard to their friendships. Love this. I just love, 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 love this topic. And as I mentioned, the number one question I got last week, and I didn't know how to answer it. I answered as many questions as I could about friends as possible. And I, not that I'm an expert, but I certainly think that I've navigated some great friendships and I'm really blessed. And I have strong opinions and beliefs and values around those things. But when it comes to the most popular question, I couldn't answer it. So that's why I'm just super grateful that you're here to help us with this. And that question is, I'm an adult woman and I'm struggling. I want to make friends. And if it's okay with you, I would actually just like read you these individual questions and just, if we could have your take on it, it would be such a blessing. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So the first question is, I'm a mom and I feel very much like my life has changed. A lot of my girlfriends are not moms or they're not married. How do I make quality friendships when I don't necessarily relate to some of the moms who are the moms of the kids my kids are playing with? Oh, such a good question. Yeah. Mom life is so tricky in how it changes our friendships. The first thing I would say is it's okay to notice, okay, well, we're both moms, but I don't think you're my type of mom because we can do that with anything. Okay. You're a woman, but I don't think you're my type of woman. And that's okay. I encourage you to not only root your discovery and exploration of friendships with the mom component, it doesn't always have to be the intersection of mom and play dates and things like that. I encourage women to do things to find friends that are not necessarily tied to the kids. Now, on some level, it's very practical. Like if you're taking your Mm. kid to a a play date and mom's there or to the playground and other moms are there, that's the easiest way. But also I think it's kind of like a two-in-one, but can you do things like join a book club? And that's your one time where the kids aren't involved. And I know a lot of times these days they have, you know, virtual book clubs that are available and then women meet once a month. I like those for moms because they can kind of turn off mom brain. And also because book clubs tend to be reoccurring. And so it's a chance to breed the familiarity you need to start to feel like friends. And a lot of times we feel like we're starting from scratch and we're trying like this one activity over here and this one interest group over here. And I like to push for find one and make yourself go at least two times because that's how we, you know, build friendships. So online book clubs, I love. And then also if it's not a match, you know, that's totally fine. You don't have to find your bestie on the playground. Yeah. I love that. You know, again, I've consumed a lot of your podcasts and I heard you say like, 
there are these different organizations, like pick an interest you have, join a group or a club. And I we're coming out of COVID. So that's a real thing. And if it's not, you can also form these friendships in a virtual space. But no matter what the club is, not all 100% of the members are showing up for each meeting. So by returning, number one, as you mentioned, you start to like hear, oh, this person mentioned something about their their father-in-law. And, in, you know, I, oh, I remember this person said that they had a job interview. And so then you start to have this familiarity. You meet people who maybe weren't there the week before. So I love your suggestion of don't just go once. Maybe don't yeah. even just go twice. Go a couple times. Yeah, it's hard because sometimes we're quick to go and, and try something and we're like, ah, I wasn't feeling it or, oh, it's not my vibe, which is totally valid. But sometimes I'm like, let's just try it one more time and keep an open mind because you never know what might happen. Let's talk about mindset. If I'm already asking, or if I'm already making the statement, I have a really hard time making friends. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling to do this. Is that an awareness or is that perhaps a self-sabotaging mindset? Mm. I think to acknowledge something is difficult. I definitely think it's the beginning of knowing how to take action. Like, okay, this is hard. Like, am I the only one? Finding adult, uh, adult friends is kind of tricky. I think to acknowledge that is a good place to start. Some mindsets or lies that I've heard people believe that definitely stand in the way are, well, it's a pandemic. There's no way I can make friends. Or mm-hmm. I would want to make friends, but it's too late for me. That's a big one. Everybody already has their friend group. That oh. is one that is going to you know, subconsciously direct your behavior because if I believe that it's too late for me, then no, I'm not going to engage in moments of of connection. No, I'm not going to reach out to initiate a conversation with the woman I kind of admire because I've told myself, well, it's too late for you or those women who've had their girlfriends for 20 years and you don't have friends like that. You're behind. You're starting from scratch. That's a huge one I've noticed. Or some of us who are coming out of friendship breakups, we think, well, I'll never find friends like the friends I used to have. And it's Mm. like, think about it in a romantic context. If I was like, oh, I've already had a great guy. I'll never find that again. Well, then I'm not going to keep my mind and heart open to new connections. And finally, one I see a lot is I don't think people will like me once they get to know me. So it kind Mm. of holds you back from even starting. We feel like we'll be- you know, I don't know. And I try to stay in my lane. I'm always like, okay, I'm not a therapist. Let me stay in my lane. But I do hear women say, you know, because of whatever insecurities we have in ourselves, we feel like the closeness and intimacy that we want to experience in a friendship also comes with a risk and a sense of exposure. And we feel like, well, I want closeness, but if we get close, she'll see my ugly side. She'll see my messy house. She'll see me mess up and she'll see the real me. And that stops a lot of us from engaging in what could be really fruitful relationships. Do you think, and thank you for these tips, and I'm going to intertwine, if I can, some just observations. Do you think that we have romanticized how easy or even how rewarding and amazing female friendships are supposed to be? A hundred percent. And now, what are some of those misconceptions, do you think? Yeah. You just need to like get them out of the way. Yeah. So female friendship, and and I specifically specialize in, you know, female platonic friendships, but they are, they are so beautiful and so rich and there's nothing like being loved on, you know, by another woman who gets you. However, all these images we're seeing in the media of of best friends forever. I mean, that phrasing, even that phrasing starts when we're young, best friends forever, friends for life. And so we go into it. You wear the little heart necklace. You wear one half hour. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's adorable, right? But if we're carrying that expectation into adult friendships, that it should be easy and natural. And I have that woman who I can just look at her across the room. I don't have to say anything. She gets me. All of that's nice. And all those moments are, are very real. But if you believe that you shouldn't have to have any conflict, then I'm, it makes me scared for you and your friendships mm. because any relationship with another human being is going to have conflict. That's the nature of two people coming together. So even Amen. if you find your, your best girl, there are going to be times when she unintentionally hurts your feelings and you hurt hers and it's awkward and tense and, and, and somebody's got to say something to recover. And the beautiful thing is that there's a potential for even greater depth on the other side of that conflict. But so many of us run from that. But until we get our mindset of like, wait a second, conflict's going to be normal with my friends. That, that's okay. I think a lot of us are cutting off a lot of friendships prematurely because we think it should be easy. I'll end with this. There's uh, research that shows they surveyed a bunch of women and they followed them over the span of five years. They asked okay. those women, do you believe that you know finding, making friends should be easy or do you believe that it should just be very organic and very natural? And when they followed up with that same group of women five years later, those who said, I believe that friendship should be easy were reporting greater feelings of loneliness than the ones who said, I feel like you should kind of have to work on it. Mm. And so that's why it's so important to manage our expectations around how easy and effortless you think it should be with your friends, because it's going to require work like anything else in your life. I love that you said oftentimes depth is on the other side of conflict. And I know that's been true for me. There's been times where it just gets to that like really uncomfortable, like, oh, God, are we going through this? And in my mind, I've been like, is this friendship even worth it? Like, is this the end? Can we handle this? We're like, we know how to be friends. We don't know how to work through conflict together yet. Like, I don't know how you fight. I don't know how you debate. I don't know how you resolve conflict. And so I have to like learn that and navigate that. And sometimes someone who's an amazing friend is not great at resolving conflict. But in the times where I have really tried to put forth the effort to work through that, and it, it is crazy uncomfortable, and it is sometimes easier to just ghost someone or you think it might be, but it's always resulted in like just a really cool, deep loyalty understanding. I love that for you. I love that you can like testify firsthand, like it works. It's true. And some friends in our lives, they're going to be the fun friend and our friendship is just like a fun thing. But if you're mm -hmm. expecting friendship itself to be a refuge, like this is where things should be easy because I, I got my man, I got work, I got the kids, they, they drive me nuts, but my friends should be easy. That's where I chill. I mean, at some point, you know, if you want depth in the friendship, you're going to have to learn to, to work around conflict and, and to breed more understanding and love along the way. Okay. So next question is, I've recently moved to a new area and it's COVID, I'm having such a difficult time meeting new women locally. Mm, good. Okay. So love that question. And I know moving is very common. So the first thing I want to suggest is to take a look at whatever daily routines you have, because a lot of us stay in the house from sunup to sundown. <laughs> and then we're like, when am I going to meet people? And so, you know, within reason, and you want it to be like appropriate, safe measures and all that good stuff. You know, sometimes we meet people because we have established routines. And that's why we made friends so easily in school and at that's work, true. just because we see them all the time. And so is it something as simple as you have a dog and you can commit to taking your dog on a 30 minute walk at the same time every day? 
can you commit to okay. and, and being off the phone when you do it, keeping your head up and looking around and there's people walking around. Can you go to the, you know, if you pick up your coffee order, can you do it at the same little cafe at the same time? Cause the same people are working there all the time. It's probably the same, you know, few ladies in the corner chatting every Friday morning at the coffee shop, but can you integrate routine into what you do on a daily or weekly basis? Because that's where we get connection moments with other people. That's where there are opportunities with some familiar faces. You see this guy all the time on your walk. So that's like the easiest, most natural thing to do if you really are in a new city by yourself and don't know where to start. Uh, The second thing I like for people who are new to a city is to make it clear on social media where you are and that you're looking for friends. And so a lot of us feel like, ooh, like you want to cringe at the thought of asking for help or making yourself vulnerable to say like, I'm looking for friends. But don't you know the average person is, we are happy to help. We are happy to feel helpful. So to even say like on Facebook or whatever, you know, medium you frequent to say like, um, here in St. Louis, I'm pretty new. I'm trying to get plugged in. If you guys know any spots or if you have any friends here I should meet, let me know. Do you know how eager people would be to say like, oh my God, my cousin lives there. She's in marketing too. Like you guys should meet or, Hey, there's this cool event that I know they have every month. You should go, but why not tap into the resources you already have? You just have to get comfortable with making it known. I'm trying to get plugged in. Can anybody, you know, give me a little help? And you, you'd be surprised at the outpouring of support that you receive. That's huge. Okay. So asking for help, letting people know that you're looking for new friends, letting people know that you would love introductions and they've just moved to the area. And I think that's so huge in the onus is on us to establish a routine with consistent timing because it's that familiarity that breeds that comfortable moment where you can say like, you know, so what do you do? And well, we should get to, you know, whatever. And maybe that's my next question is, what does that sound like? I don't want to be a weirdo creeper. Like, hey girl, you know, I love your outfit. We should do lunch. Like, you know, if I'm just bumping into somebody once, that's not going to happen. It is that routine, that familiarity that makes the conversation go from, you know, not saying that the first time you talk to someone, but, you know, you're having familiar conversation. But what do we even say? I'm laughing because you are just like hitting it on the head. We're all like, okay, I don't want to look like Desperado over here. And so I love that. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to share to kind of put us at a collective ease is that research says that we tend to underestimate how much people like us. So Mm -hmm. we'll walk away thinking like, oh my God, I totally bombed. I look like a Miss Awkward. And they're walking away having liked you just fine. And so if we can all kind of start with like, I'm fine, I'm doing fine. People like me just how I am to take a little (laughs) pressure off, you know? The second thing is that I am a fan of making things known. If you like someone, um, one little tip I learned from a woman named Vanessa Van Edwards, she always says, if after you have a, a really good conversation with someone, say, I like you. Because even that puts the seed of possibility in their mind. And it confirms what we all want to feel is true, which is that we are likable and we are seen. And so to say it to another person, uh, research shows that we tend to like people who like us. If I told you right now, like, oh yeah, my friend Maria was talking about you and she just cannot stop talking about how funny you are. You're going to think like, I like Maria because Maria likes you. And so I like saying little things like ending conversations with a pause, pensive, thoughtful, I like you because it just makes us like a bull. I know sometimes in our eagerness to make friends, sometimes we try to expedite the process a little bit and we have to have a balance of making it known what we want. Like, Hey, I really like you. We should get together sometime and okay. having that confidence to take that initiative. 
But I've also noticed sometimes we're so eager that sometimes we might come off too strong because we really want friends. And so we're taking a first interaction that's kind of surface and we're like, you should come over. And so we have to kind of find the balance of like taking cues, asking questions and seeing what she's open to and maybe ending with something that doesn't make her feel like she has to, you know, she's in a corner and she has to go from level (laughs) one to level 10. So even if it's something as simple as like, so are you, are you a social media girl? Are you on Instagram? Cause you know, give me your handle it or let's take this online or whatever it is. But that way I'm going from, I just met you to, you seem really cool. So let's say, you know, they're an artist and saying like, oh my God, I'd love to see some of your work. Do you put it on Instagram? Give me your handle. Okay. Okay. But that's one way for us to move like an inch closer to being in a more personal sphere. I know a lot of people, I say, you know, a lot of us are sitting on, on prime real estate. A lot of times when we think about making new friends, we think about meeting new people and the two are not the same. Making okay. a friend is the art of cultivating something meaningful with another person. That doesn't okay. always have to start from scratch. What people do you already have in your life that you've written off as too old, too young, too nerdy, not nerdy enough, you know, not funny. I don't know. We've written them off for whatever reason. Or we're like, oh, well, that's my friend's friend. Like they're closer. She's not really close to me. Who are the people who are, you know, all around in our network who we never even gave a chance to consider as a friend and wow. sometimes starting there, sometimes Dude, that's sending huge. It, that's you know, so I huge. Like, yeah. When we think about that. And I think it kind of like, you know, people talk about like scarcity and abundance. I think we'll realize like, whoa, I mean, I have tons of those. Yeah, you probably do. And so to, you know, text them, if you guys have each other's number, I mean, I'm a big fan of reaching out to someone and saying, Hey, I know this is random. I like to start with the obvious. I know this is random, but I thought of you the other day because I saw X, Y, Z, whether it's at the store or the grocery store, I saw X, Y, Z. And it reminded me of that time that our group went to that thing in 2018. It was just, I don't know. It was amazing. So I just wanted to say, I thought of you, hope you're doing well. But the first thought is like, oh my gosh, does that make me look weird? But I want you to think about it on the other end. If you receive a message that's like, hey, I thought of you, that is so flattering. That is so nice. And and a lot of times people are happy to receive the invitation. And so I think if we keep those kinds of things in mind, we'll see that there's actually a lot of opportunity to connect with others. Okay, quick interruption. And I just want to thank those of you who understand how significant it is that we actually have show sponsors. Every once in a while, there's somebody who like writes a negative review, like, I don't like all the ads. I'm like, really? How do you think we pay for these podcasts? A lot of shows aren't as lucky as we are, where we've got like people who I can actually reach out to and say, hey, I use your product. Would you be willing to be a sponsor for the show? So I just want to say thank you to those of you who get it. You understand like this is how we make things work. And we're just really lucky that I get people who reach out every day. And they want to run an ad on the show, but I'm like, I would never use that product. So thank you so much for those of you who do support our sponsors like My Soul CBD. My Soul CBD is the company that we use for CBD products for everybody in our family, including our dogs and including my father-in-law. CBD is remarkable. It just is. And I think it's really important for those of you who want to make sure you get a high quality CBD product that doesn't have any THC. Remember, it's the THC is the thing that can make you feel like you're high. CBD itself, the compounds are such that they basically help to recalibrate your central nervous system. That is why it can help with anxiety and stress. It can help with achiness. It can help with sleep. It can help other remedies that you're taking to be more effective. They pride themselves on having the highest quality CBD products. I love this company. Their products are gluten-free, 100% organic, Third-party lab tested, and get this, I just did an interview with the CEO of MySoulCBD, and they third-party lab test 
the labs that third-party lab test their products. Like they have that much concern for the quality and the integrity of the products that they offer. They have gummies. They have oil tinctures. You can just put a couple of droplets under your tongue. They have capsules if you'd rather do that. I personally take the dream capsules. Every single night I take two of them. We give the CBD gummies. I love those too, but I give those every single night to my father-in-law. We use their now, their new CBD products for pets. You can try My Soul CBD by going to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. Again, it's mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. That's where you'll automatically get 20% off at checkout. By doing so, you will be supporting the Shaleen Show and you will not be disappointed. All right, back to the show. I love these suggestions and just the awareness. You mentioned the mistake of trying to expedite or like speed up the process. Maybe you could help us with some realistic expectations around how much time is actually involved in forming a friendship. I think, I know personally, I've met people where I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it's just like, I'm, I'm slow. I'm really slow to make friendships and I make really deep friendships. I don't want a lot of them because I feel like that's doing a great disservice to the people who I, I don't even have enough time to go deep enough with them. Mm. So I, I'm kind of in the opposite. Like for me personally, I try to limit opportunities to meet new people because I really like people. And I know if I collect more friends, there's less of me to truly go deep and be vulnerable and have those conversations and that deep, deep, deep connection that I know I want to have with people already in my life. But I have met people where I'm like, I, I really connect with them, but man, they're really trying to expedite this. And I, is it about time? I feel like it's about time. But what is it that makes a friendship a deep friendship? Is it time? Is it one really vulnerable conversation? Like, what is the recipe? So I have three things for you because it's so great. The first thing is you said, how much time does it take? So there was a study done by University of Kansas and they attempted to quantify how long it takes to make a friend. Now I'm like, how do you really figure right. something out like that? But they tried. And okay. based on their study, it takes 50 hours, five zero to feel like we're associates, like we're familiar. Associate, like, we're, like, so I can call you, oh, she's my friend. <laughs> I mean, some people use that word very loosely, you know, but 50 yeah, hours to totally. feel like, oh yeah, she's so oh, okay. Yeah, I know her. It takes 90 hours, nine zero to feel like, oh yeah, that's my friend. And 200 hours to say, that's my best friend. And the reason I like sharing that is to give us a concept of like, one, how much time and effort is required. So I often make the joke that I wonder if we had like a little like timestamp on our head, if we'd be more <laughs> intentional about putting in effort. Cause we see like, oh dang, okay. We're only 36 hours in. Like, do you want to go right. grab coffee? Like I'm trying to clock hours with you. But I wonder if that is like the visual we need to understand like, oh, it, it takes time to like, to get there, to feel comfortable, equally comfortable, to have some depth and familiarity. Yes, it takes time. So keep going, be intentional. You know, don't think that that one coffee that y'all had a month ago is going to last you for the next six months. You got to check in, phone call and, and getting creative with how to check in. So mm. in terms of how long it takes, you know, that is kind of an idea. And then to your point, I think it's so beautiful. And I know you seem to be an extrovert. You seem to be that person who's very likable and connects with people. You have a great personality. So I'm not surprised at all to hear that you're like, I actually have, you know, I have to kind of whittle it down and, and, and be intentional about keeping depth with the few. And that speaks to a study referred to Dunbar's number. And the okay. idea is that our brains can only cognitively handle 150 connections, like total, like 
150. Now, social media these days might have us believe otherwise. We're like, oh, I have 3 million followers. And it's like, right. But like mentally, your brain can handle 150 connections. But if you think of that 150, like a big circle, and then smaller concentric circles inside of that, like getting tighter and tighter, the smallest circle in there is the number five. And the idea is that your brain can only handle five close relationships at a time. And get this, if you have a romantic partner, that person takes up two of those five spots, which makes sense because think about the emotional demand, the mental demand. So if I'm in a relationship and I don't know the research, what it says about having kids, but we throw those in there, you know, well, yes, I have less time to be trying to juggle 15 close friendships. I don't even have it to give. And so I like to offer this, especially to like my extrovert friends who are tired and they're like, I'm I'm trying to make sure I, I touch everybody. And it's like, yeah. And aren't you tired? Because you really can only go deep with a few. I don't care how many pictures you have of squad goals and the 10 of y'all taking pictures on the boat. You know that you're only really close to like two of the people in that picture. And so I hope that that offers some relief to those of us who feel like we have to go and collect a bunch of friends. No, you need to find the right ones because research shows that, you know, at this age, it's about quality over quantity. Okay. So the right ones, I'm really getting intentional about spending time with them. And the third thing I'll round it out here, but there's so much research that applies to what you shared. You said, what does it take to feel close? Like, what do we have to do to start to feel close? There is a concept called frentimacy, the frentimacy triangle by friendship expert Shasta Nelson. And so if you think of it like a triangle, she argues that you need three things to feel deep. The first is positivity consistency and vulnerability. And if one of those is absent, that probably is the reason you're not feeling connected. So think about it. If there's no positivity in our friendship, meaning I literally like don't enjoy being around you, that probably it speaks to those of us who are like, we complain a lot with our friends and we vent (laughs) and we're always like, oh, can I just dump on you all the time? Now, is that a part of friendship to some extent? Sure. But I'm talking about women who like, that's the hole they fall into is when we get together, I'm just complaining. I'm criticizing. We're not positive. It's simply not an enjoyable experience for me to be around you. So why would I elect to want to build something more? I don't have fun with you. So positivity has to be there. And then consistency means we see each other. We're in contact. So this is for those friends who are like, oh, you know, I don't want to have to see people like all the time. Okay. Not all the time. But if we have a positive relationship and I see you or talk to you twice a year, we are not going to be as close as we could be because it's so- Can that consistency happen from a digital standpoint? So if I've got really close friends and we're consistently communicating, but I haven't seen them in person maybe in a couple of years. Sure. But I love that you're intentional about like, but how can I- you know, quote unquote, touch you this week, like text you, send you something I think that you'll think is funny, but like, how am I staying in touch? And then finally vulnerability. And a lot of times, you know, so think about it. If I have consistency and positivity, that's a really fun relationship. But if we are never vulnerable, it remains a surface relationship. And so vulnerability, I know a lot of times we see as, you know, crying our eyes out, you know, and sharing our secrets. And that's certainly like one component, but vulnerability, the best way I've heard it defined is, you know, feeling safe to take a risk and feel a little exposed. That's what that is. So that means I feel like in a new friend group, I can suggest a restaurant or an activity for our next outing. And I know they might think it's dumb, but I'm going to take a chance and suggest that place I really like. That's vulnerability. Or I can share a little something about you know my preferences or what I've been through. And I don't think they're going to judge me. That's vulnerability. So taking little risk, but is that present? Do I feel safe to take little risks in front of you? 
And so if those three things are there, then you'll notice that you have depth. But think about everything I just described. It's not possible to put in the mental energy or the time to cultivate that with like 20 different women. Right. That makes sense. I hope this gives people a lot of relief. You know, like I think we put too much pressure on ourselves. Like you said, that you're supposed to have this, you know, squad goals. And in this concept of frentimacy, you said the author's name was Shasta Nelson. Is that accurate? Yes, she's incredible. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know, it made me think. I often think about it, its length of time, but you listed positivity. You listed vulnerability. Consistency would be that time piece. But there, I have friends who, even though I've known them for 25, 30 years, and there's been that consistency and that positivity, there's never been vulnerability. Mm. I always feel like, I really feel like I'm getting like a kind of a presented version of them. And it's not that I think the person's being fake. And, you know, I can think of a bunch of people. I'm sure we all can. I always feel like if someone can't be vulnerable or real with me, it's not about them. It's more like they don't trust me. Mm. And then I don't feel like I can trust you because I feel like they don't feel like they can trust me. And so the relationship kind of stays right there. So is there a reciprocity that has to happen? Yeah. So research shows that we like people more when they're vulnerable with us. We like that. We find that endearing. We respect it. And so it does require like these bids of trust is what, you know, I call them. So, you know, I give a little bit and you're like, okay, okay, we're going there. Then you give a little bit, you know? And so we have this thing going where we're kind of matching each other. Like, okay, she shared and she showed that it's safe to do that here. So I'm going to do that back. But yeah, but sometimes we do kind of get an intuition of like, hmm, I don't know that I can trust her with this for whatever reason. Maybe we've heard her talk smack about somebody else and we're like, hmm, okay, I can't trust her with my business. So little, sometimes we have like intuition of like, I don't know if we can go there or if we see her being really critical of others, then we'll, you know, maybe we have fun with her, but it was a signal to us of like, ooh, okay, so if I put myself out there in front of her, will she have something to say? And so sometimes we do see things that tell us, okay, wait, can I go there with her? So sometimes it doesn't speak to us and who we are. Sometimes it might be something that, that formed before she came to us, or maybe she's looking for, you know, just fun right now in this friendship and she is scared to go deep or it makes her uncomfortable. And so I think like, if we can understand all those things are playing a role at all times. And in the meantime, speak up for what we want. Like if you want more closeness, you want more consistency with her, you want more, I'm a big fan of say so, like say Mm -hmm. it if you mean it, you know? But yeah, but not just a risk, right? Because which is totally a risk. Find that they don't have that capacity or they don't feel the same way about you. But if you don't speak it, no one can read your mind. Totally. And it's okay too that some of our friends are level nine friends and some are level four friends too. You know, if we're trying to turn everybody into a best friend and then we're disappointed, you know, some friends are going to be super close and some are just really fun to go out with. (laughs) And that's all y'all can do together. And that's okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, some of like my really, really close friends, they might not be the funnest one on the girls trip. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're not the one that has me like peeing my pants and doing shots at 3am, but they are the one that I'm going to have that like really deep conversation over lunch, you know? So I, I think it's great that we have to look at our friends in kind of different categories. All right. Next question is, I find it almost impossible to make friends because I'm an introvert. Speak to that for us. Yeah. So, you know, introverts have a superpower, you know, they're, they might be, you know, a little more to themselves, but they're so observant. And I think it makes them have, you know, great memories. And so they remember details about you and they notice things about you and they're listening. And so I think 
you know, I'm, I'm starting to learn a lot about how this world is built to accommodate extroverts and introverts. Mm. We're just like sleeping on them. What and are so, you or how do you classify yourself? You know, I, I think I'm a bit of both. I love people. I love to like work a room at a party, but man, I can't wait to get home. <laughs> I'm an introvert so, all the way. Are you really? I'm an outgoing introvert. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, this girl could like, if there was a Sephora nearby, I could live like on a deserted island <laughs> with no one around. And that includes my family who's in the other <laughs> Okay, I totally get that. And and so for you or for our other introvert friends, you know, one strategy I like is, you know, kind of riding on the coattails of your extrovert friends because a lot of extroverts were happy to do it, you know? And oh, so yeah. little things like, you know, texting an extrovert friend and saying, Hey, I'm trying to get plugged in more. I feel like every time I see you, you've got a bunch of friends around you. You're always doing something interesting. Is there anything coming up that you feel like I should check out? Or are you going to anything next weekend that I can like tag along with? And a lot of people are like right. happy to do it. So they're referred to as super connectors. These are people yeah. who thrive on making introductions between other people. So like, I love being like, oh my gosh, you should meet my friend Maria. You guys are like both hilarious. She's the best person I know. You know, I love that. And there are people who thrive on that. So why not kind of like swoop in, you know, and, and say like the next time you go to something, you know, downtown, let me know. I'm trying to get plugged in and, and get out of my comfort zone a little bit. And they're happy to take you under your wing. So that's one thing to do. And then also be yourself. A lot of times we feel like we have to be an extrovert to show that we want friends and to fit in, but you can still kind of be to yourself. And then I also like to say, be mindful of your energy. I had a friend recently say this to me and she got it from somewhere. So I don't know who came up with the concept, but it's this brilliant visual of coins. When you wake up in the morning, introverts spend their day giving their coins away. So they've got 10 coins to give. And so they're, they're depleted by the end of the day. Extroverts, we wake up ready to go out and collect some coins today. And so for the introverts who know like, oh man, my energy is depleted whenever I kind of like talk to people and I interact, I want you to be very intentional about, okay, are you doing business all the time? I just had a coaching session with a woman who's an entrepreneur and she said, I don't have any friends. And we got to talking and like 40 minutes in, she was like, you know, and I'm an introvert and I'm obsessed with my business. And I was like, hold on a second. So you spend most of your time like on, on business calls and business stuff. And she was like, oh yeah, that's all I do. That's why I have no friends. And I said, you need to take a break. You need to block out Thursday or you need to block out Tuesday. And I'm not saying like use those for your party days, but you need some reserves because you're spending all your coins on business. And then you've got nothing left to take that ceramics class, to go to that interest group meeting, to reconnect with old friends because you gave it all away to business. Mm -hmm. And so for, for my introvert friends, how are you using your reserves, first of all, so that you have the energy to go out and connect because it does take a little initiative. It really does. So let's be strategic about how you spend your coins. For those who are worried about rejection, you know, what, what advice do you have for them so that they understand that that's part of this process to help them overcome that fear that if I reach out to someone and they say, oh, I'm not available that day, do we ask again? How do we deal with that thought that, oh, this person is rejecting me and I guess as a follow-up to that, how do we know if that's in fact maybe what is happening and we need to take the cues? Yeah. So the first thing I like to lead with is that is totally a part of the process. And let's normalize that you think someone's interesting and fabulous and they don't feel the same way or they're not available or they don't have the time right now. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so it's very possible that sometimes when you reach out, you don't get what you expect. So I like to start by first having like clients lean into that fear, like walk me through like the most devastating rejection you could get. And when okay. they say things like, oh, 
you know, I'll, I'll ask, what does rejection look like? What's the worst that could happen? And they'll say, oh, she doesn't write me back. Or she writes back and says, oh, no, thanks. I'm busy. Okay, great. And then what, what would you do? I mean, I guess you'd move on, right? Like yeah. the, a lot of times the fear is from thinking of like the worst possible thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then it speaks to our insecurities. Oh, am I not interesting enough, funny enough, likable enough? And we've got to detach rejection from self-worth. I mean, at the risk of sounding life coachy, but we have to find a way to not take this woman saying, Hey, I'm not free this weekend. I can't meet up and detach that from, Oh, well, I guess I'm not worth spending time with. I guess I'm not interesting. I guess I don't have... We got to separate the two. Rejection is a part of being human. Okay. We're not always on the same wavelength. So I think like once we get that mindset and we kind of get our muscle of like, okay, that might happen, but it's kind of like a numbers thing. Like if I told you, you're going to find your best friend after talking to 50 people, you'd be like, okay, well, let me go just knock this out. Well, that's essentially what it is. You're going to find your people. It's like a numbers game. So keep putting yourself out there and they're going to be people who are so attracted to you and your light and the way you are and your personality and your interests. You've got to just put yourself out there. But if you do reach out to someone and they say, oh, I'm not free this weekend, and they don't leave it open to say, but what about next weekend? And they kind of shut it down, give them a graceful response like, oh, okay, well, then we'll have to make it happen some other time. A graceful response, don't you know, get into self-loathing. Don't mm. start to vilify her, which we'll do mm. like, oh, she thinks she's, she's better too. Than. Yeah, yeah. Don't vilify her. Don't you know, come down on yourself. Maybe it's not a match or maybe it's not a match right now. And then also I want you to think about what narrative you're telling yourself, because you know, we'll make up a whole story. And she didn't even say that. She just said, I can't meet up this weekend. And we're thinking like, oh, I'm not good enough. Or she's just too busy for me. Because a lot of times we think the worst and a person is interested in us. They just weren't available right now. Be aware of like, wait a second. Did I feed myself that message? Or did she say that? And it's not the end of the world. And this is not a reflection of my self-worth. Yeah, that's great. The narrative that you just mentioned, I heard that so many times this week, I can't even count how many women said, made these like really crazy broad statements like, I can't trust any women. Every woman that I've ever met has become jealous or competitive. These kind of like every single time kind of scenarios. And I, you know, just reached out to my close little circle of friends and asked, how often have you felt betrayed or like women were jealous and competitive. That theme kept coming up over and over. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) And, you know, none of my girlfriends ever said they experienced that. Mm. So this is my, you're the expert. But I deducted from that, that I have surrounded myself with really confident women that even if that were happening, they wouldn't see it because they don't think that way. That's not their perception. So how much of that is narrative? How much of that is confidence? How much of that is insecurity? And kind of that story that we're telling ourselves, like all women are jealous of me. All women are competitive. Like what? Okay. So you let me know how you feel after I say this. Okay. Cause okay, I try okay. to be, I try to be upbeat and I try to be like, you no, can do don't this, do that. But don't I got to keep Go it there, real girl. on this one. I got to keep it real Please. on this one. Okay. Cause some of us need a self check right now. One, there's a list of 13 qualities of a good friend, like according okay. to psychologists. Okay. Two of those qualities of what it takes to be a good friend. One is trusting, not trustworthiness, although that is on the list. I'm talking about people who are trusting, make good friends. Okay. The second one is self-confidence. And so many times we think being a good friend is being like giving and happy and all those things are true. But if you are walking around here talking about 
people can't be trusted and they're just going to betray you. I understand that that is genuinely how you feel. And let me lead with, you know, empathy for a second too. I am sorry for whatever you have been through to make you feel that way. That is probably rooted in some very real trauma. But let me tell you something right now. If you are walking around with that on your chest, like a billboard that people can't be trusted, that is not attractive why mm-hmm. would I sign up to be friends with a woman who's telling me she can't trust me? That's going to yeah. affect how she shows up in my friendship with her because she's going to be guarded. She's going to be just sitting back waiting for me to screw her over. I'm going to be in a position where I'm trying to prove myself and that I can be trusted. So I'm already going in trying to prove myself. You are turning people off by announcing so loudly that women are awful and they cannot be trusted. Speak and so- it. And I don't know what self-work is required. I'm not being facetious. I do encourage you to see a therapist to try to figure out where did that come from? Because if you're simultaneously saying people are awful and talking about, man, I wish I had more friends, sister, there is a connection, first of all. And I think it's beautiful what you just said about, yeah, maybe I'm around confident women. Now, I'm not saying there aren't women who are jealous women. Sure. I'm not saying there are women who are, you know, feisty and manipulative. Sure. But that's people. And we've got to stop making those traits exclusive to women. That is people who will let you down and be jealous. That's just people. Okay. But yes, people who are self-confident, maybe aren't necessarily looking for others who are trying to hate on them and bring them down. And because we're just too busy, like shining in our light and shining in our friend's light. And we know that this woman can't detract from our light. So even if I do get a whiff of like, wait a second, is she jealous? I'm not threatened because she can't dim my light. And so I want to like stay in my lane and and I'm no (laughs) therapist, but I will say what you're saying is, is so on point. It's supported by research, what you're observing. Nice. I love it when I'm right. The experts say I'm right. No. Um, but, you know, yeah, it was like, wow, I, I just can't even believe how I also want to say for those women who have expressed that to me, you were the majority. The majority of women said, I don't feel like I can trust other women. Or when I meet someone or start to become friends, I sense jealousy and competition. I guess it would make sense because it's normal to have experienced friendship wounds, as you, I've heard you refer to them. And, you know, just even, Feelings of not being good enough or valued Mm. in our own childhood, in our own family. And so those are relationships, which means that we bring them forward into all relationships, romantic and platonic. You know, so I think it is really important. And we talk about therapy a lot on the show. Like it's just the shortcut to being a superhuman. You know, don't suffer needlessly and stay in your head on these things that just keep showing up as a pattern over and over and over again. Go figure out where they stem from, you know. Spend a little bit of time and money with a therapist and your whole life will improve. All those things that right now you're suffering from and they take up so much space and energy in your head. There's somebody out there who's been trained to help you get through those things and process those experiences and memories. So I'm glad we're on the same page in that regard. We're totally on the same page. Yes. Danielle, final piece of advice for that woman who has placed a lot of pressure on herself and thinks that you know, life is going to be so much different if she has the right friend. Yeah. Life really is better with close quality friends. And so that is true. But I encourage that woman who's listening to stay curious, to keep your heart open to finding good friendships, to root your expectations in reality. You're, you know, we're talking about therapy talking to your friends is therapeutic, but they are not your therapists. Okay. 
So let's get real about what you really expect from your friends. Ask yourself objectively, okay, is this reasonable? I just had a coaching client and and she was like, okay, I guess I admit that. Yeah. Okay. I guess my expectations are high. Cause she was like, Mm. if you break one promise, just one that shows me, I can't trust you. And I said, girl, let me tell you something. I love my husband. And I can't tell you how many times I said I was going to do something and I didn't, you know, so thank God for grace and a patient husband. But if you need somebody who's never going to let you down, that makes me worry, you know, because that's just people, you know, so root your expectations, get clear on like, what do you expect of a friend? Do you believe you can offer the same things you're requiring? Give it time to breathe, you know, be vulnerable, share little things at a time, take your time and keep your heart open. I think that's really what it's about when it comes to making friends. You know, you have to put yourself out there. You have to be friendly. I mean, that sounds so cheesy, hmm. but people who tend to have a lot of friends are friendly. Be nice yeah. to people, still be yourself, but be nice. Ask some questions, show that you're curious and that you have a positive outlook on like that is attractive. And so I think if we keep all those things in mind, we'll be surprised by how suddenly we begin to recognize opportunities for connection. You're amazing. If I had to, think about the most impactful concept of our time together today. I think it was the fact that you said mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all those things, we've got space for about five really, really deep connected friendships. And if you're married, that takes up two. That means that there's three. Think about the thousands and thousands of people that we meet and encounter and see every single day. That's like three is such a special coveted number. And I think we often feel like it's supposed to be 20 or that it's supposed to be three. And if it's not three, then there's something wrong with us. But it might take some time to find those three very special people. And so maybe give ourselves some grace and and know, at least I believe, that how many friends I have and the depth of my friendships has nothing to do with my value. doesn't make me less of a person. It doesn't make me less important in God's eyes. And so I can't expect that other people are going to make me feel validated or to mean that I am a valuable person. You better preach. You better <laughs> preach. I mean, that's it. That's in a nutshell. If we can kind of like hold tight to those truths, I yeah. think we'll be okay. And how can people who are interested in working with you one-on-one, how can they reach out to you? Yeah. So all our information about how to book a session and all that good stuff is at betterfemalefriendships.com. You can also learn about our, yeah, it's, I'm like, it's to the point, betterfemalefriendships.com. And my podcast is called Friend Forward. And we talk about huge, common friendship issues every single week, every Thursday. And it's a good time. I just want to compliment you. So do you release just one a week? Every Thursday. Mm -hmm. Every Thursday. Yeah. I just want to compliment you on the, like, even the way you title your podcast are great. Oh, um, so seriously, because I'm like, these are the questions that women have. And, and you've titled your podcast in such a way that I think anyone who's like dealing with a friend issue, go check out our podcast. Like y'all need to subscribe. I subscribed. It's fantastic. Last Thursdays was phenomenal. And we'll also link up to your domain as well as your Instagram. Boy, you have a cute little boy on your hands. <laughs> Thank you so much. So he's, he's a handful, but I love being a mom. So it's a good time. Pretty awesome. Well, it was great to connect with you. Thank you for doing this for us. We'll stay connected. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, please let me know. Thank you so much. This has been really awesome.
Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.